We find our text for this teaching in Psalm 20, verse 1 through 4. It says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, may the Lord answer answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God, the God of Jacob, defend you. May he send you, may he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah, which means pause and think about that. It goes on to say, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. How many of y'all know that's a good prayer of blessing? Amen. Should you remember all the offerings that you give to God? We tend to remember what's important to us. Is that right? How many of you all remember? I got one yes. Well, let me prove it. How many of you all remember your social security number? Is that important to you? How many of you all remember your bank account number? Most of us. How about your driver's license number? Yeah, most of us. I do. Uh, We tend to remember. How many of you all remember what your salary is or your income? How much just about how much you get paid every week? Notice we tend to remember even specifically financial things, how much stuff costs. We tend to remember all of our offerings. I mean, we tend to remember uh, what's important to us. How important, then, are your offerings to you? Because if they are important to you, then you should remember them. Again, how many of you, your salary is important to you? Well, you remember that. We tend to remember what's important to us. The question then becomes, how many of you remember all your offerings? The psalmist says in stanza three in the Young's literal translation, it says that he, God, does remember all your offerings. How many of you all know that God, he never forgets one offering that you ever give him, no matter the amount. If you just put two dollars in the offering, maybe you were ashamed because you didn't have much and you just, you know, wanted to give something and you you had it on you and you just you didn't even use an offering envelope. How many of you ever remember back in the old church, you put your coins in and you try to put them in gently so that it wouldn't make a lot of noise and bring attention, you know. But God, just like he remembers the very hair that are on your head, God does remember all your offerings. Well, in light of the law of seed, time and harvest, your sowing is extremely important. So, for example, everything you receive in life is as a direct result of sowing and reaping. If you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow into the kingdom of God, you will, from the kingdom of God, reap life everlasting. According to the law, as long as the earth remains, 
the law of seed, time, and harvest directly impacts your life. It is extremely important. Therefore, we should remember all of, you, of our offerings. Amen? And so my challenge to you in this, this prosperity message is to challenge you from this day forward to remember every offering that you give to God. Remember every seed that you sow in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but as we are looking more and more at the scripture as as it relates to God's will for our lives concerning being rich, the Bible has a lot to say about sowing and reaping. And so many of the teachings of Jesus are about sowing and reaping. For example, if you could go with me to the book of Mark chapter 13, Jesus is ministering on the subject of sowing and reaping. He's, he's, he's going to talk about a farmer who put seed into the ground. How many of you all know that a farmer should remember how much seed he has sown? Is that true? Let me ask it this way. Should a farmer, um, should a farmer, should a farmer know how much seed they sow? Absolutely. Should a farmer know where they put the seed? I mean, if they've got a back 40, <laughs> you know, if they've got 40 acres on, on, on the back of the property and, and they've put some tomato seeds out there and they, you know, you, they covered that ground, but they only plant, planted half of that 40 acres. You know, how many of y'all know that you need to water the right half? So should the farmer remember where they sowed the seed? Should they remember how much seed they've sown? Should they remember the kind of seed that they've sown? Different kind of plants require different kinds of light, different amounts of water. Y'all don't make me preach hard today. Y'all help me now. This is a simple question. Jesus talked a lot about farmers and sowers putting seed in the ground. What's the, what's the application? Because you and I are a part of God's kingdom, and what we do in the kingdom lasts for an eternity. It has an, has an, a, 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 an, a, an internal impact, praise God. Should the farmer receive, uh, remember why he sowed the seed? Maybe he's trying to expand into a different market. Maybe he's trying to take over a a different niche or a different territory. Should he remember why? Maybe he's stretched out and expanding into an undeveloped land, but he's preparing for his children's future. He's been doing well to take care of his house with this amount of seed, but now he wants to look after his family, look after his mother and father, and he realizes, I need extra harvest in order to provide for my own and he decides I'm going to develop this land and I'm going to sow extra seed because I need an extra harvest should the farmer know why and remember why he's sowing seed there's an anointing here now and I thank you Lord for helping me should he remember what he sold and why he sold and how much he sold and where he sold it? Should the farmer remember when he sold the seed? 
There's a time required and different seasons and different times in which you plant certain kind of a crop. You ought to remember when you put that seed into the ground because given a specific and a certain amount of time, there will come a harvest. Is this message relevant to you? I pray that it is because your life And the increase of your life, your future, depends on the seeds you sow to God and the kingdom of God. Since you were listening hard, I believe I'm going to have to preach hard. (laughs) In Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field. What kind of seed did he sow into his field? Good seed. But now notice he says that the kingdom of heaven is like this. Why is he separating and defining for us what it's like under God's kingdom? It's because you and I are under God's kingdom. We are not a part of the kingdom of this world. The Bible tells us in the next verse In um, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 13, it says that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Say out loud, God has delivered me from the power of darkness. You are no longer under the God of this world if you are born again. You are under the kingdom of the Most High God. Your economy is not based on a pandemic. Your economy is not based on the success or failure of the job or the company that you work for. You were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into a new kingdom. You are a part of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody shout hallelujah. You are no longer under the old economy and the old system. The way up in God is not the way up in this world. You don't have to run the rat race. You don't have to do as the kingdom of this world they do. You are to learn a new system and a new way to operate, a new way to function, and it's about the kingdom. It's about this law of sowing and reaping, which is why he takes the time in the teachings of Jesus. He's trying to show you how to get your heart's desire. The kingdom of heaven is like, like what? Look at verse 24 again. Another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into the ground. Should you sow good seed? It automatically indicates that there you could also sow bad seed. But he's given an illustration of what it's like in the kingdom and those that are a part of the kingdom. He says it's like sowing good seed. Now, again, we just looked at should a farmer know what kind of seed that he's sowing? Should he know if it's a good seed or if it's a bad seed? He even tells the story of how while men sleep, an enemy came in and sowed some bad seeds and what to do in the harvest of that. So should you remember 
what kind of seed that you sow. Should the farmer remember how much seed that he sowed? Should the farmer remember where he sowed that seed? Should that farmer remember when he sowed that seed? All of that is applicable in the laws of the kingdom. If you jump down to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31, another parable. He's trying to teach you something. Say it out loud. God's trying to teach me something. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field. Let me talk to you about that for a moment. Does, do small seeds matter? He actually tells the story of, of just a little, one of the smallest seeds in all and how it became such a massive tree and, 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 and what it produced as a result. Does the amount or the size of the seed matter? Does a small seed matter in the kingdom of God? Someone says, yes. Well, it depends. Because in certain situations, if you need a big harvest, but you sow a small seed, then the amount of seed based on the harvest you need was inadequate. And you could sow a small seed and it have a, uh, an abundant harvest. So we can't be too quick to answer, does a small seed matter? It's got to be qualified. It depends. Somebody say, it depends. Now, you all remember the story in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus, you all remember that woman who put two mites into the offering? One day, Jesus, I'll tell you the story and then we'll read it. One day, Jesus was sitting up against the offering and he was looking at how people gave into the kingdom of God. He tells the story in verse 2. He saw also a certain poor widow putting in what amounts to essentially two pennies, basically nothing. And then he said, so he said, truly I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in the offerings for God. What kind of offerings were they? They are offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all that she had, all the livelihood that she had. So let me ask it this way. Does a small seat matter? Let me ask, does the percentage matter? Does the percentage matter? In this, I want to teach you, as you start remembering your seed, I want to challenge you not only to remember the amount, but remember the percentage. You know, in the world, when you go to borrow for something, and I don't recommend borrowing for anything, even to save your life, God is your source. He'll provide for you. Just ask him. Whatever you desire, ask him, and he'll provide it for you. But in the world, when they go to borrow something, you know what the creditors want to know? They want to know what's your debt-to-income ratio. They want to know what percentage of what you are borrowing 
relates to the percentage of how much you have coming in. From this day forward, I want to challenge you to remember your sowing to income ratio. Oh, it's quiet in this church. I pray for those of you that are online. I pray that you're getting this. What's your sowing to income ratio? Does it matter? Does it matter if you give 1% of all that comes into your life to God or whether you give 23% of all that that comes into your life to God? Let me illustrate it to you like this. A person... Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Your harvest is determined upon your sowing. Is that right? In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will reap also bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Who or what determines if it's sparingly or bountifully? The Bible says that if you sow bount- bountifully, who determines that a $1,000 gift is bountiful? Who determines if a $1,000 gift is sparing? You say, well, God does. No, you determine He says, so let each man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Let me put, let me me run the numbers for you. A person whose annual income is in the six figures, let's say $100,000. And if you're online and that's your salary, listen carefully. And especially if those of you in here. For you to give $1,000 to God and to the kingdom of God. And that's all you gave into the kingdom of God. You gave... A 1% offering. It's a very small seed. Especially compared to someone whose salary is $40,000. And they give $1,000. That's a 2.5% offering. How many of you all know one is more significant, not by size, ah, but by per- percentage. One percentage is greater. Oh, pastor, here's $1,000. That doesn't mean anything if your annual household income is $250,000. It may look like to others that's big, but what does it look like to God? Mm. I'm going to keep preaching this message. How many of y'all know for that person who gives a thousand dollars and they don't have a job right now? What percentage is that? That's not one percent. That's not two point five percent. That's a thousand percent. This widow woman, while they were giving it to the offering, they were putting in what appeared out of abundance. They had more than enough. Given to the treasury of God. Thank God for that. And when you sow sparingly, you will reap. Out of that 1% that you sow into the kingdom of God, God is going to honor that sparing gift because God is a good God. He doesn't turn down his nose at the smallest of percentages that we give. 
But it matters to God when someone out of their necessity gives all that they have. You'll always live hand to mouth until you learn the principles of sowing and reaping. It's your sowing that's going to bring you up to a new level in God. I challenge you, start today and remember all your offerings. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. Y'all help me feel a little bit better than what you all made me feel before now. And now lift your hands and let's thank God for this word. Father, we thank you for this word. Open our hearts. Teach us your ways. Bring us up to a new level in your kingdom in the name of Jesus.